0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Eddie and Matt outkick their coverage. It's going to be a little bit of a different type of show today, and it'll be the second one in the week. we due to Matt still not being hundred percent. We've decided that this week we're going to split the podcast into my section and Matt's section. Basically, just running through our predictions and maybe a little, a little more in depth from our own personal perspectives. And a little bit less of me cutting in and stepping on what other people have to say. So, uh, week four predictions start now. Game one, the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Green Bay Packers. Now, from my perspective, the Packers this season have played defence as good as, or, or, sorry, on par or even better than the Detroit Lions have, and obviously the. Played defence better than the Lions. The Lions have played solid for most of the games, but then again, the talent levels are slightly different due to the free agency moves and the draft. I feel like the Packers have improved in certain areas and the Lions, although they have improved, not quite on the same level as the Packers. And last week, the Lions beat the Philadelphia Eagles, They were depleted and potentially could be depleted again this week. But the main difference here is the fact that I feel like they've got more, they've had more on offense at the Packers than the Lions have, and I think the Eagles really struggled at um, home against that Lions defense, and I think the Packers are going to bring even more pressure, much more opportunity for turnovers, and I feel like the wide receiver issues are going to be made even worse due to Jair Alexander, one of the better corners in the league, who's been killing it for Green Bay recently. Adams could do very, very well against the, the Eagles secondary. I mean, we all saw last week that Carson Wentz had a fantastic game from the perspective of someone who were hitting people with some great balls that were being dropped consistently. And that last drop by J.J. Uh, Arcega-Whiteside just outside the uh, end zone were quite depressing even from my perspective, and I'm not even an Eagles fan. I think it's going to be a close one still. I don't think the Packers have got enough on offence to blow away a team like the Eagles, but I just feel like the Packers are going to take it. Um, so I'm going to go Eagles 18, Green Bay Packers 22. I'm just going to get a cheeky drink of my beverage. <sighs> game two is the Tennessee Titans versus the Atlanta Falcons. Now, since week one, the Titans have let me down. I've picked them to win every game this season. And after that first performance, I feel like that they were seriously going to be able to dominate some teams. However, they lost to a good Colts team, in all fairness to them, and then the Jags D just seems to have too much for their... Not a no-no, but, you know, it's not an amazing offence, is it? Week 4 is it's going to be a key for them to do well. I think the Falcons have got um, a depleted defence again. They've got some more injuries on it. They've been playing, you know, a bit of soft zone at times. The run defence hasn't been great and they don't really get out of you know the personnel sets that they've got, so a quarterback can recognise what's going on quite easily, even a quarterback like Marcus Mariota, who's not the bravest of quarterbacks either, but I do think he's evasive enough to escape from that front line of the, the Falcons, and I think they're going to be using Derek to pound the ball in quite frequently, which would be very, very smart. Although Atlanta do have fantastic wide receiver options, you know, they've got Sanu, they've got Hooper at tight end, They've got Calvin Ridley and then obviously Julio Jones, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league. I just feel like that line, that offensive line of the the Falcons is probably going to struggle to hold the pressure from Tennessee. I think Tennessee are going to pound pound them offensively and I think defensively they're going to be able to force some turnovers as Matt Ryan seems to have turned into a bit of a turnover machine this year. So yeah, I'm going to take Titans again for week four. See if they'll let me down again. In another tight, low-scoring game uh, at 16-14, I think basically it's going to be low-scoring just because of the fact that they're just going to run the ball. You know, you get that short yardage as much as they can, the Titans, and then hopefully play solid defence for their perspective. Right, and game three, the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. The, I mean, Ravens straight out. The Browns have uh, very you know played very good defence at times. They've got a very good D-line and, you know, their offence, they've got some massive weapons, but I think their O-line is a major issue and that Ravens defence is really going to be able to force the issue. they showed against the Cardinals and against the Dolphins that they've still got a good pass rush. So Baker Mayfield may be on the run quite a lot here. He did play well against them last time um, they did play, but there's been improvements made on the offence of the Ravens, so they're not going to be... scared to go out there and try and put some points on the board and I feel like with the pressure they're going to bring with the front four and the ability of the linebackers to get at the quarterback that it may push Baker Mayfield to make some silly mistakes trying to make big plays and the Ravens secondary is excellent. They'll be able to pick up on some, you know, there could be a couple of pick-sixes, a few interceptions in there and I felt like even though they were beaten by an exceptional Chiefs team they give themselves a good showing. I feel like Lamar Jackson had a decent game and I just think the dual threat offence could be a bit of an issue for the Browns. The D-line, you know, they do a decent against the Titans, but managed to lose. is a little bit elusive himself. But a lot of it was from, like, quick screens and stuff, negating that offence. And then, obviously, the <laughs> the Ravens are very capable of quick screens with people like Hollywood Brown. You know, he's, he's like lightning. So quick screens for him, he could be off. Justice Hill's a fast player. They've got a good run game. They've just got a lot on both sides of the ball and I just feel like the Browns aren't gonna be able to compete with it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna see the Browns are gonna make a lot of offensive errors, the Ravens are gonna capitalise, and the Ravens are just gonna play the football that they need to play to get the win. And I think it'll be quite a substantial win. I'm going the Browns ten, Ravens thirty three. Big score now. I just feel like the Ravens have just they're quite the opposite of the the Browns at the minute. They're just very organised and very effective. The next game is the New England Patriots. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of them before. Against the undefeated Buffalo Bills. Both teams in this game undefeated. Um, This is going to be a surprise. And people may roll their eyes here. But I'm going to take the Bills. Now, this is the biggest test for both these teams so far. But the Bills are at home. They've got a dual threat offence creates issues for pats they can slow the game down the bills d can really hold up they were a very close game they had last season even though they didn't have the great quarterback um there's no special offensive talents you know at all on either team really and uh, without Grunt, i think and i think edelman's still injured as well i think the Pats could be contained a little late um um you know <sighs> The Pats can scheme it up. I'm not overly confident in this pick. I've just got a bit of a feeling, and I feel like that if the Pats can't scheme it up as well as they do later on in the year, that that Bills defence and that grind-you-out offence is going to result in them you know, just sneaking out with a win. So I've gone with another low-scoring game, and I'm going the New England Patriots 14, the Buffalo Bills 19. I'm not drunk quite yet, although every time we hear a little pause, it's me having a wet. One more. The next game is, well, really appreciate this. It's the Chiefs versus the Lions. Quick one, I'm going to take the Chiefs. It's no disrespect to the Lions. I just feel like the Chiefs offense is just so explosive. They're going to be able to get up on you early. And as soon as they do that, their explosiveness is going to be the difference. Lions have rode the luck for three weeks. You know, they have they were the best team for, the, for three quarters against the Cards, and then they managed to almost blow that. And then against the Chargers, they should have lost the game, but the Chargers managed to blow that. And then again against the Eagles. If the Eagles' uh, offence could have caught a couple of balls, that would have been a completely different score. And Lions would not be 2 one or as I have been annoyingly informed, an undefeated team. So again... Two undefeated teams playing each other. So, we're going to be two down by the, uh, the end of this week, pardon me. I do predict an ice scoring uh, ice scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot of points early quarters for Chiefs. And then I think the Lions, you know, they're going to try and compete. They'll be able to get a few points here and there. I think Gallagher, Marvin Jones, Karian Johnson, TJ Atkinson are all going to be able to make some plays here and there. And I do think it's going to be quite high scoring. I'm going to take the the uh, Chiefs. the The Chiefs thirty eight. The Lions twenty eight. But I'm definitely taking the Chiefs. Um, the next game, the Carolina Panthers versus the Houston Texans. Again, it's a, another pick that I'm not confident with. Uh, the Texans know how to win. In Deshaun Watson's a fantastic quarterback. He's done really well this season again. Uh, The Panthers' win last week could be a fluke. The Panthers have got a very strong run game. The Texans haven't got a strong run game. Uh, the, last week, they played complementary passing. It worked really well Um, for the Panthers. Burns looked like you know it could really be getting after quarterback. The D were much better. Um, And in my opinion, the Texans have rode the luck a little bit too. Uh, their O-line had a good game last week, and it were a bit makeshift. It could be even better this week. It could be completely wrong. But I do feel like that front line for the Panthers is going to be really putting pressure onto Deshaun Watson. It's going to force him to move, it's going to force him to play ball. We also saw how well Dante Jackson did last year. He's a very good player and he made some big interceptions against uh, Kyle Murray. I know that's a rookie, but Deshaun Watson's obviously not been in the league that long either. I just feel like the Panthers can do enough to move the ball up and down the field. Maybe not blowing them out of the water, but can you know put their stamp on the game. So I'm going to go Panthers 28, Texans 16. I know some people might think that's quite a lot, but in my opinion, it's the type of game it's going to be. Next up is the Redskins at the Giants. I'm going to take the Giants. This is the first time I've took the Giants all season. I've been burnt for once, so we're two and one, just like uh, the Vikings are at the minute. I haven't mentioned them yet. There's a surprise for you, so that's the first one. Roughly uh, two thirds of the uh, roughly a third of the way in. Now the Daniel Jones experiment, uh, it it works again this week, I think. Um he's gonna manage to overcome you know the loss of Saquads. Um I feel like his legs and the you know, Engram and Shepherd are gonna be big key pieces for him, just like last week. And he can expose a weak uh, a weak Redskins secondary. The Redskins D line can cause issues. He's is gonna be able to get to him. But I think his feet are going to help him to get away from these sort of pressures. And he doesn't seem scared anyway when the pressure's coming, which will mean he'll be able to get the ball out when he opens up. The Redskins do have people like Ryan Kerrigan. Obviously, the front line's pretty strong, pretty much Alabama's front uh, defensive line. I don't think it's going to be a game that one team's going to blow out the other. I think it's going to be another close game. But I just think Daniel Jones is going to be able to do enough, even without Saquon Barkley, to grab the win here. The Giants' defence is going to have to play well and I know it hasn't in any game, it it sucks, but I think they can do enough to cause, you know, at least one turnover, a few stops, and I think it's going to be high scoring. I think we're going to go, the Giants are going to pull it out of the bag, 31 to 30, so, you know, 61 points between them both. And, yeah, so taking the Giants again. And next up, charges at the Dolphins. Duh, taking the charges. The Dolphins' defence and offence will be slightly better, but Ingram and Bosa will you know, give Rosen a hell on earth. And the secondary could feast on mistakes made by Rosen. I think Rivers is going to be able to get his running backs into the game, you know, use his slot guys pretty well with the likes of Keenan Allen and stuff. I feel like Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler are going to be able to pick up a lot of yards and I feel like the D is going to have a good game. It's going to be the perfect remedy for the last couple of weeks for the Chargers. It's a must-win game against a team that's really not looking like they compete, can compete with anyone in NFL. I feel like they're going to blow them out of the water. I think it's going to be a 38-6 win for the Chargers. They do usually play better away from home than they do at home as well. So that's another thing. They're playing at the Dolphins. and I know it's hot and stuff, but they're from LA. Next up. The Oakland Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to take the Colts, but it's surprisingly tough. I feel like Carr hasn't been that bad this season. I feel like he's made the odd pass that hasn't been great. I think you know Terrell Williams and Waller, um, who both had half decent games against Vikings, who have a better defense than the Colts by a, a bit. And I feel like they can, you know, help Carr move the ball up and down. I think Jacob should be fully healthy because he was ill against the Vikings. But I just think the Colts are going to do Colts things. That whole line's going to be a bit different. I don't think Raiders' defensive line is going to be able to break it down. They're going to run the ball down the throat just like the Vikings did and then complimentary passes to win the game. It'll be, it'll be closer than Vikings versus Raiders, but I think it's going to be Twenty-nine, twenty-one to the Colts in the Colts' favor. Next up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to take the Rams, uh, but again, this is it's a tough one. Bucks blow it against Giants, and you know residue from that that missed kick at the end could remain. They're playing, you know, they're a, it's a tough scheme to play the. You know the the Phillips defense. It's it's pretty difficult. Um, I feel like the Bucks secondary could suffer against the likes of Cook, Cook, Cup, and and Woods. I think Donald could you know he could wreck that Buccaneers O line. He's, he's going to really be able to get in there and put pressure onto onto Jameis Winston and F- Dante Fowler. is going to be able to do similar things as well, but uh. I think they're gonna get big games, and I think they're gonna to manage to get in at them now. I think Peters and Tlaib will be able to spy Winston for errors as well, and you know be able to pick up on certain players. You know, getting they'll try their best to keep Mike Evans out of the out of the way because he had a massive game last year. Last week, sorry absolutely brilliant one of the best you know one of the best performances of his career probably he just no one seems to be able to stop him in the first half but yeah i just think the rams have got too much on offense and too much on defense of the books i don't think it's going to be close either i think it's going to be 26-7 to the rams next up seahawks at the cardinals now this is going to sound crazy but i am taking the arizona cardinals uh The Seahawks are going to be annoyed about last week's loss. The first loss they've had under Pete Carroll at home in the first so many September games. And they got beat handily by a team that didn't have the starting quarterback. And they were beaten by more than a touchdown for the first time in a very long time at home. I think the Cards, you know, they've just been exposed by Panthers. Carroll hasn't shown up yet. But I've got a feeling that at home, they're just going to do enough to get the win, I feel like the D has been better than people have made them out and they seem to have a lot of speed on offence and I think that could be a big thing, I feel like the Seahawks have been hit and miss they made it close against Bengals which it shouldn't be a close game against Bengals and then they've got a solid week, win week 2 and then they've got beaten week 3 again, like I said, by a weakened Saints team not knocking the Saints team they've got a good squad but It was Teddy Bridgewater and didn't throw a ball for more than 15 yards. So it's quite depressing. So I'm going to take the cards 29 28. Uh, Next up, it's the Minnesota Vikings. And they're going to be taking on the ferocious Chicago Bears. And it's not a game that's easy to pick. I will be picking the Bears. As all season, I've picked the. Whoever's been playing against the Vikings, I've picked them. I do feel like, even though the Bears, you know, and the Vikings are quite similar in the teams and ability, I just think the Bears are going to take it. It's at Soldier Field. The Vikings never do well at Soldier Field. Soldier Field. It's going to be far and away the best defense we've played. Although the Packers' defense was seen as good, we did manage to impose a will on it at some point. But there's a big difference between the Packers and the Bears, in my opinion. And I think that it's just it's it's going to be a struggle. I think Trubisky always seems to play a little bit better against us. He manages to get about, you know, uses his feet. You know, they seem to have a little bit of an explosion of offence against the Redskins. I just, I feel like Khalil Mack's going to be able to make Riley Reef's life hell again. And although we are going to try and run ball more, I just think we're going to struggle. I don't think Kirk Cousins got it in him to make any big plays. And I just feel like we're not going to be able to get it done. And I'm going to take the Bears tw- uh, 20 points to 12. Which is, it'll be a disappointing deflating loss. But again, the Bears on defence are just, they're on another level. Speaking of defences on another level, the next game is the Jags versus the Broncos. Which I would have expected to be a defensive masterclass against another defensive masterclass, although the Broncos haven't quite been what people have expected this season. I'm going to take the Jags. Uh, Like I say, it's a battle of the Ds. It's a bit of a urinal sword fight. You know, they're both going to be wet legs, but no one's a winner, really. Um, I think the main focus has to be on whose offence can be the least bad. I think the Jags, it'll be them, because they've only got one game tape, really, of Gardner Minshew, and although I think it's going to be pretty tough, I think I just think that their defense has got more chance of scoring than the Broncos' defense, and same for their offense. So I think it'll be another low-scoring game. So I'm going to take the the Jacksonville Jaguars to win the game, fourteen to seven. Almost there now. Almost until the last two games. I'm just going to wet my throat because I'm getting a bit of a dry throat at the minute. Sorry about this. So, second to last, the Dallas Cowboys at the New Orleans Saints. Now, I'm going to take the Cowboys, undefeated team, playing against a team that's lost its starting quarterback. Usually it's an easy pick, but last week's caused apprehension. I think this is the biggest test so far for the Cowboys because they're playing against a fully, you know, a fully loaded team aside from quarterback. I think it's, you know, it's a it's a return, um, a, a rematch, sort of, to the low-scoring affair they had at the end of last season where the Cowboys went in there and won. And the Cowboys, D, exposed, you know, Drew Brees last year. And I feel like if Teddy Bridgewater ain't going to be able to make these deep throws, they're going to do exactly the same thing for him. And I think the linebackers are going to be able to contain Alvin Kamara much more than the Seahawks linebackers did. Although they do have... Bobby Wagner, but clearly wanting enough. But um, I feel like the, the Cowboys have got a more explosive offence at the minute. And I think it could be a big statement for the Cowboys to go in there. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to go, they're going to play dominant defence, complimentary run game and pop off with some big plays. They're going to get up early, grind it out and manage to win pretty big. 30-7, to 7, the Cowboys and finally, a big divisional a divisional showdown with the Bengals and the Steelers. Um, <laughs> this isn't easy again. Uh, I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals. Surprisingly enough, uh, but it's basically down to they've got a more creative offense. The Steelers' defense is real. It's very good. And I think the key issue will be the offense's ability to implement their game plan. Juju needs a big day, or the run game needs to make an appearance otherwise we're not gonna be able to get it done. The defence almost won him a game last week against a, a much better 49er side. The 49er side that blew the Bengals out of the water but it's divisional, it's a different it's a different story. I think Tyler Boyd's pretty good, Tyler Eifert's pretty good, um obviously Joe Mixon's very good, Gigi Bernard's a good complimentary running back. Andy Dalton's not been playing awful and the defence has been maligned. But I don't think they've been that bad. I think they've got enough on the D line. They've got enough in the secondary. Linebacking's not the worst. It's not great, but it's not the worst. And I just think the Steelers, you know, I'm not sure they've got the capability in Mason Rudolph to fire that ball deep and get the big win in that respect. But I feel like Andy Dalton maybe would get enough done to grab the win here. And I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals 22. To fourteen. Yeah, so that's it for the week. Um, my picks are in, a nice little bit of juicy information, and the score for every team. That's not too bad, is it? I feel like I've treated you all this week. Um. Hopefully, me and Matt will be able to get a proper episode in at some point. Hope you all enjoyed the episode, which we released yesterday or this morning. I'm not quite sure which. But yeah, I hope any of you have listened to that. have enjoyed it. Matt should be releasing his half of this this episode, so it should be getting published within the next day. Matt will be obviously giving a similar breakdown to everything. And again, let's all wish him well. Hope he gets back to full health soon. And as you know, give us a like and a subscribe and a follow. And if not, as last week I said, go fuck yourself.
1: Alright everybody, Uh, firstly massive thanks to Eddie for doing the heavy lifting this week. Still not feeling 100% but I'm going to answer Palal Hody's questions and give him a week for our predictions. (coughs) Um, See, I'm still not well. Um, Okay, best starts for me, New England, Kansas City and Baltimore. Uh, Obviously Baltimore have lost the game but it was to the Chiefs. Uh, I reckon two of those three teams are going to be competing in the AFC Championship game. Uh, Bearing something something miraculous uh, from another team or a season-ending injury from Mahomes home Jackson. If Brady is uh, is out for the season at some point, the New England are going to New England and they'll end up getting to the Super the uh, AFC Championship game regardless. Uh, the player for me that's had the best start is Dalvin Cook. I know it's another Homer pick. Um, he had a horrible season injury in his rookie season. Looked terrible last season. He looks like he's back on the form he had in his rookie season this year. Um, leading the lead in rushing, uh, he would have a lot more yards if he had been some infuriating penalties from the offensive line. Um, yeah, it's not just the, the amount of yards he's getting as well. It's the way he's getting them. He's, he's running strong. He's finding gaps. He's breaking tackles. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm pleased for him more than anything else that he's come back and be able to hit, find that form again. Um, surprisingly good team for me uh, is a, the the Detroit Lions. They're a time out away from being having a perfect record. Uh, they've got a solid defence, uh, an effective offence which is built around a solid run game. Uh, they have the ability with Matt Stafford in that arm to pass the ball over the field should they need to. It's going to be a big test from on Sunday against the Chiefs. Though. So, so we, We'll see where they are then. Uh, surprisingly bad. I've gone with the Pittsburgh Steelers and despite my pre-season prediction of the Steelers struggling, I didn't think they'd struggle this much. Obviously, you couldn't predict Big Ben going out injured and the moment to play the, uh, the second year... Kid, we Mason Rudolph, who looked all right against the Steelers against the Forty Sorry, uh, in a game they should have won if that had been for. I mean, the 49ers got in their own way really, throwing five in Was it five turnovers they had in total? Um, yeah, the Steelers should have won that game, but he couldn't cross the dots across the eyes and uh, dot the T's as it goes. <coughs> um, it's gonna be a good, big game for the Steelers on Monday night to find out which way their season's heading. I think. Okay, and then uh, my predictions for week four. I've got um, the Packers beating the Eagles. I've got the because, because they're at home, and it seems to be the way that things go with the Packers when they're at home, they're into a massive advantage, and also the Eagles last week. If they keep dropping past like they did, um, they're not going to have any chance to beat the Packers. Uh, Giants, I'm going to be. They're going to beat the Redskins. Um, it's two teams in transition. Shall we say? Uh, I think the Redskins aren't happy playing in uh, skins yet, and they're gonna st- stick with Case Keenum, he was a very versatile quarterback. Um, the running game's gonna struggle for both teams with Saquon being out for the Giants and um, the Redskins being down to AP despite Adrian, Adrian's been, Adrian's been, Adrian's been, Adrian Peterson being an amazing running back, he's no Darius guy at the moment. So I'm gonna go with the Giants for that one. Um I think they've got enough with uh Daniel Jones. I think he's gonna probably keep him on this little role, he's got going on. Uh next game, Chargers are beating the Dolphins. I'm not even gonna talk about that one. Uh Raiders at Colts, I've got the Colts beating the Raiders. I think the Raiders will be better than they were last week, but I think the Colts have got enough to stop what they can do offensively and have enough offensively to beat the Raiders. <coughs> um Pam the Texans. I think the Pampers last week was a bit of a blip um, with them winning a game. The Texans have got enough in the locker to beat the Pampers, so I'm going with the Texans. Uh, Chiefs-Lions, I think it'll be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a positive game for the Lions. Or it might actually be a positive game for the Lions if they can keep in keep it at it and be, keep it close to the Chiefs. It's going to be high scoring, but I've got the Chiefs beating the Lions. Um, something I read a, read a start that the last time Patrick Mahomes played played inside he's not played in a dome in his professional career, career but the last time he played inside a dome at college he, I think it was six touchdowns and 580 yards he threw for so that could be a horrible day for the Lions if he gets anywhere near that Um. OK, next game, Pats and Bills, I'm going with the Patriots it's going to be a close one If Tom Brady can avoid getting hit with a sex toy from the Bills' benches, it's going to be probably the the Patriots' day. Um, Okay, next game, Browns at Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to batter the Browns because the Browns have been awful. And the the Ravens have just been electrifying. I mean, the only reason they've lost the game is because they've played against Chiefs who have been all-conquering. Um... Next game, Titans at Falcons? Falcons stink, Titans win. I mean, the Titans stink, but they don't stink as bad as the Falcons. Uh, Bucks at Rams. Rams are going to win that, but it's going to be another tight game, I think. The Bucks will give themselves a decent showing, but the Rams have got that one. Um, Seahawks Cardinals. I've gone with the Seahawks. I think they're going to be fuming about last week's loss to the the Saints. And Peter Carroll's going to have them ready to teach Carl Murray a lesson. Uh, Jags at Broncos, Jags for me. Uh, I think they've got enough. Uh, the Garden of experience is run at town. <coughs> and I don't think that Broncos' defense is anywhere near like it should, as good as it should be. So they won't be able to cope with what the, the Jags will be able to throw at them. Uh, Vikings at Bears. It's it's basically two teams that are exactly the same except like one's got a better running game, which is the Vikings. So many other Vikings beating the Bears just because of that running game. Um. Cowboys at Saints I've gone with the Saints at home because despite having no Sean at the despite having no um, Drew Brees the Saints still managed to put Sean against the Seahawks I mean they didn't Teddy didn't throw it particularly well for them but they put enough together to beat the Seahawks the, the at home and that is not an easy thing to do um, but I mean the Cowboys have been playing well but I think this is the first test they're going to like I mentioned last week this is the first game they're going to come up against it's going to be a test for them I think the Saints will answer that test. Um, Bengals and Steelers on Monday Night Football. <sighs> like I, said, as I mentioned about my surprisingly bad team, the Steelers are going to have to put a show on at home um, to to show the fans that they uh in mean, this season. I think Mike Tomlin could be in the hot seat a little bit. Um, so I work with the Steelers on that one. I think the Steelers will just do enough to beat the Bengals. It will not particularly high scoring, but... I think the Steelers have got enough to beat the Bengals. Uh, Steelers will do enough just to beat the Bengals. Um, they've got a, that that defense is still quite good, despite the breakout from John Ross. who went a bit quiet last week, and then Joe Mixon and the Dalton sprint off to Tyler Eifert and uh, Tal and Boyd. I think they've got enough to keep him quiet, so I'm just definitely going with the Steelers. <coughs> and that's my predictions for week four. Um, thanks for listening. Like I said earlier on in the week. Uh, review, rate and subscribe. Any questions can go on to Eddie and Matt at gmail.com. Enjoy week four unless you're a Bears fan. And we'll catch you next week when hopefully we'll be able to do a pod together again. Which will be nice for us all. Okay, bye. Hello and welcome to Eddie and Matt Outkick their Coverage. The majority of this week uh, of week four's game, sorry, are already done and dusted. With some impressive wins for the Browns, Raiders and Bucks good comeback win for the Jags, and a pay, and painful losses for the Lions, Bills and Vikings. And because we're Vikings fans, uh, we'll be touching on that. Uh, for me, the Bears' day was very, very good. Uh, our offence was very, very poor. It's, uh, it's like we assumed that, that Cook and Madison et al just, just run it down with throats, and then they didn't really have a plan B. Uh, uh, until they went no huddle with about six minutes to go, and then took it down the field 90 yards and scored. That seemed like one of the just flicked plan B for me. Uh, as I said before, the Bears excellent. The bear's deal so was very excellent uh, with the excellent strength for depth and defense of The Vikings' deal was also very good. Uh, all in all, it was a shit day at the office for us. Uh, Eddie, your thoughts? Well, um, with it being a Vikings ineptitude
0: extravaganza, I didn't actually finish the game as you know. I I went to bed about <laughs> halfway through the third quarter because I don't think I'd be alive this morning. I probably fell to the floor and had an heart attack. <laughs> Just with how angry I was. But what the main things I picked up on is the def- defence away from home, slow start again. Just teams marching downfield. Not in the same vein as the Packers did, but they did move down with the first possession and score when really they shouldn't have done. I'm thinking there's a conspiracy theory with Chase Daniel, I think. They trained with him all week, knowing he were going to come in. I don't believe Mitchell Trubisky were actually injured. I think they've basically used it as a ploy to be able to throw Vikings defence off. And that's exactly what they did. And that's why they ended up 10-0 up at half-time. And as you can see, as soon as we adjusted to Chase Daniel, they scored three field goals. And I don't think they'd have got two of them if it wouldn't have been for the fact that the uh, fumble from Cousins. Um, and he's the main negative from the game for me. I thought he would poor again. I think he missed a lot of passes. I was showing you one um, before yeah. we started the podcast. There were an opportunity to either hit Thielen deep. And even if you don't want to have that extra second to throw that ball... He still had enough distance to be able to get the ball 20 to 25 yards to a fully open Stefan Diggs and instead he dumped it off to CJ Ham. Which is nice if you want five yards and to you know go two, three and out, but we could have moved chains, we could have backed the Bears off a bit with some of these passes, but because he wasn't hitting him when he needed to until the end of the game, as Matt said, they were just pointless. And it's like you say, if a team like the Bears are missing the best linebacker in Roquan Smith and the best defensive tackle in Akeem Hicks and you still can't run the ball against them, it does show that they have such great strength and depth and they are a very well coached and a very good team but it also shows we cannot rely on just running the ball it also shows that our offensive line is still not top tier, we need to get things changing and against the Giants we need to get it rolling again it's the perfect get right game, but it's also a massive trap game with Daniel Jones being so new to the league. We
1: can't afford to be two and three in week six. No, I mean I'm worried about that game, but also the week after we've got Lions who we're flying out there. Yeah, they were very unlucky to lose the Chiefs uh, last night. Uh, just it was a um, heartbreaking loss for the Lions for me. Uh, Even missing some of the better players as well. <coughs> yep. And like, oh, I think they lost a few players
0: through injury. There are also a few suspect calls from the Lions' perspective as well. Yeah. But, as you say, the Chiefs are not going to give up against each either. They've got not a not lot of quality. And I think Patrick Mahomes, as stupid as it sounds, struggled a bit indoors. Yeah, Someone might have mentioned that at some point in some form of conversation and got laughed at. <laughs> but it can happen. When yeah. things are a bit different. I mean, he could be too powerful with his passes, as silly as it sounds. But no, from what I saw from the game, the Lions looked pretty good. I actually predicted thirty eight twenty eight win for the Chiefs, but they kept it closer and they looked absolutely fantastic on yep. even to concede that many points on defensively against the Chiefs I think they held up really well. They pushed the push Chiefs to have to really try in fourth quarter and they have had to do that in any other game.
1: No, um Yeah, they though like I said before it was a heartbreaking loss for them. Um just just a terrible week for our uh us and our little uh, Group chat, isn't it? We've had it a yeah.
0: stinker. I couldn't believe what happened to the Ravens, but the yeah. Browns finally went to the run first and intelligent play call, and it, it absolutely worked. They managed to stop Lamar Jackson and that offense, and they managed to just move the ball consistently. But I, I have to say that that Browns defense looks
1: tasty. We're on the road as well, though, good. wasn't it? Yeah, they've won both their <laughs> away games and lost their own games. Yeah. Maybe there's too much pressure on being at home. Maybe because that, that crowd
0: whew. I think also as well you've got to think the one thing that I have to say about the Ravens they're very organised they, they are missing Preston and Zedarius I mentioned before they might not be but the last two games I've watched they have actually missed and they do need that little bit of extra pressure on quarterback because they're able to stop teams in a certain st- sense but then they're not they need to get to quite about much faster and much better. Otherwise, they're going to struggle. Because yep. Baker Mayfield didn't seem like he was in as much danger as he has been in any other game. He didn't seem really worried at all. And that's basically because there wasn't anyone getting in his face as much as they should have been.
1: And maybe he just woke up feeling dangerous, that's so, all. Maybe. Rather than waking up feeling bang average. Maybe his with his, last the uh,
0: positive look that he got from Rex Ryan wearing brown and orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Right, uh, anything else you
1: want to tack on to that? Just like I said, I think there's been a lot of disappointments
0: previous in previous couple of seasons, and I think Kirk Cousins is the main issue for the Vikings at the minute. There's a talent there, but I just think there's just there's something mentally wrong. Yeah,
1: It'll be interesting to see how we come out against the Giants if we come out no huddle and yeah. we stay no huddle because we just seem to be a much more efficient team. Picking up little bits and pieces here. To, and then to take How strange
0: it, would that be if Kirk Cousin could use the playbook without having any input from the offensive
1: coordinator? All three of them. Job. Yeah. But, I mean, <clears throat> as it showed with Chase Daniels, he, he took what we gave him.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what you've got to do, haven't you?
1: And if, if, if Kirk can do that against the Giants and the Lions, it's and it's a, it's, a, it's a start.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's the Eagles a week after that, that could be like said, more of pop, a test. but. The popping off of the big deep passes, like he missed Thiel and he
0: missed Diggs. Yeah. And then it and early on in the game it Thielen missed out on getting to a touchdown pass. He overthrew um Stefan Diggs in week two. He needs to get these deep balls sorted out to give us a chance to scare defences so they'll back off. Because if either of those would have hit, both the games are completely different. Yep. It's a seven 0 game if Adam Thielen gets that touchdown. It's a seven it's I think it was seven 0 seven seven-hour or fourteen seven if Diggs had got that ball. We'd have moved it downfield even more. Defenses would back off and they won't focus as much on the run. And I think that's one thing the Bears knew. They can't, we couldn't beat him because we made get Kirk Cousins a game and he wasn't capable. But big, big, I've got so much respect for Bears, so much more respect for Bears now on their defence. Their offence is just Matt Nagy's doing what he can with what he's got. Yeah. But defensively, that's, they're just killing it. Vic Fangio not so much in Denver. No. He's Maybe <laughs> it was the talent. And sneaking not the joint Ranger, up any a little bit in Denver. Making us look a bit
1: silly with our takes. Yeah. No, I mean, Jags made them look... And they got out to later against the Jags. Got yeah. a 14 to look, with they, some, at one point? or Something like that, yeah. 21, and, something like that. And then Jags just come back and got him into you, put his cowboy out on, back to front, and, and I met him. Uncle Rico. <laughs> yeah, he... he yeah.
0: He's doing all right, isn't he, for a, a late draft pick? Yeah. But we got Cameron Smith, so it's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, swiftly moving on. You got anything else you want to add, mate? No, I think I'm, this, this week four's in the rearview mirror for me now, mate, moving on to week five. Well, that's to be done, it. Well, yeah. I did pick us to lose, so I suppose it's not
0: too bad for every, my picks. Every cloud, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'd rather go uh, on 16 with my picks any day week. Yeah. So, today, it's... Um, Another, it's it's a similar to last week because it's it's a brief edstry of the NFL. I saw something that I found really interesting, and basically wanted to parlay this information onto yourselves, and I'd like to hear Matt's input on some of it. So I'm gonna go through and hopefully Matt's gonna chip in um, with some of his own insights and interests for it, and hopefully you all enjoy it too. So I'm looking forward to it, mate Yeah, and see what you've dug up. Yeah, let's uh, crack on with a <coughs> brief edstry of the NFL. <laughs> So initially, the NFL started off with seventy five teams. Or well, not? It started off. It has had in its history seventy five teams. Off to a great start there. No other mate, straight out of the box. Woo Uh it were originally called the American Pro Football Association, and it started in nineteen twenty. Um, to be an initial franchise in the NFL, you just had to have a hundred dollars that that was all you had to put up. Wow. To become a team, um, obviously back then it wasn't like it's now. The teams didn't really have logos or anything. Um they made Jim Thorpe the president because basically people knew who he was, and yeah. thought I'd give the team some um you know some notoriety. Um two teams that are the oldest teams in football which started out early on in the twenties. The first one is the Decatur Stalys, I believe that's how you say it, who are now the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And weirdly enough, the Chicago Cardinals, who are now the Arizona <laughs> the Cardinals. Cardinals yeah. So the two oldest franchises both Bums. technically from Chicago <laughs> who beat us yeah. this week, so oh, yeah. everything comes around full yeah. circle. I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> they were supposed to be the Cardinals, were supposed to be the Reds, or but their kit was maroon, so it, were like, it was like supposed to be Cardinal Red. And obviously, yeah. because it was Cardinals, because they said it was Cardinal Red, they just called them Cardinals, Adels. which is weird. it would be a bit weird. Now the first ever season, uh, the team that won it were the Akron Patriots. Pros. Yeah, Patriots, Bill Ball, Coach. And it was the Akron Pros, and they won the first ever title. And they're also the team that had the first black player and black coach. So, fair play to them for doing that, especially in that time. Yeah. And um, they used to get a gold pendant. Obviously, they want a lot of money. And honestly, it was a tiny gold pendant that each player got just for winning that league. And the trophy was called the Brunswick Bork <laughs> Colander Cup. And that what it was called like a big cup what the team got, but each player obviously instead of a ring yeah. got the little pendant, and the the trophy you should look it up on uh, Google, but it it looked a bit weird. I'm sure it had like a wooden, like antler on it or something, but it got lost after the first year. Yeah, lost. My own in personal opinion got put it in bin. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, in nineteen twenty two rolled round uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, joined the league. Oh. Uh, some team from Green Bay uh, they put up five hundred <coughs> five hundred dollars must have shot up straight away yeah. to be added in and that money were put up by a meat packing firm which is obviously where they got the name from the Green Bay Packers I don't know where all this cheese nonsense has come from but yeah and they're the, they're the team that built the first ever sports stadium that's meant for football so you think they've done a better job
1: yeah. <laughs> they've hardly improved it since have not they no I don't think they've done anything
0: <laughs> but yeah and um, the Chicago Bears changed the name to the Chicago Cubs. Uh well, the Decatur Staley's changed the name to the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. I thought it should be linked with the uh, baseball team. Baseball team. But the name eventually changed to the decided on the Bears because obviously the Bears are bigger, football players are bigger, and they just thought it made sense. Yeah. We rolled on to nineteen twenty two and the APFA has changed its name to the NFL. Uh nineteen twenty I think it's three. Um, one of the original teams, which is the Minnesota, Minneapolis Marines, uh, which were there in the early stages, it left the league. Shame me. Yeah. And in nineteen twenty-five, the New York Giants formed. Um, obviously, not all these teams started off called the Giants or whatever. But this is the initial, uh, I, I, you know, the iteration of the team. The original franchise. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they are the Giants. But I'm not 100% sure that there were Giants at this point. I'll have to look into that. And Well, not got time now, I've already started a podcast. In <laughs> 1926, the Los Angeles Buccaneers hit the league. So, you know, the first use of the name Buccaneers was actually an LA team. And they travelled the country, uh, never really played in LA. They played one game in an LA, <laughs> LA, and most of the other games like had special showcases for their own games and played away games. Weird. 1927, there were a New York Yankees football team, obviously, obviously again to affiliate with the baseball team. Yeah. And in 1930, we get the first iteration of the uh, Detroit Lions, which were an, an uh, sorry originally known as the Portsmouth Spartans. Fancy. Very fancy. Also, the, I could imagine a few of them players running around with a cape and a pair of underpants on. <laughs> Sounds right up Richard's street. <laughs> Nineteen thirty-two, the Boston Braves uh, joined the league. Can you can you get that one? Was? was it the
1: uh, oh? It's not an hard one. It's not an easy one. It'll get you. Oh. But yeah, the Boston Braves. The Braves. Boston Braves. Was that ah?
0: Well, think of Braves. Is it a, a... It's more towards Braves than alright so is it, is it the Redskins then yep yeah, they were originally the Redskins so this is when they joined uh, they became the Redskins in the, the following year um, but yeah they initially came in the league as the Boston Braves obviously moved to Washington and became the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. uh, 1933 brought the Cincinnati Reds again it's a baseball, baseball team. team the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball <laughs> yeah. team yeah. and the Philadelphia Eagles and the first ever use of the playoff system were brought in this year as well 1933 in nineteen thirty four, Portsmouth Spartans moved to Detroit, and regretted ever since. <laughs> uh, but yeah, officially became the Lions. And in nineteen thirty six, we got the first ever college draft because originally players just just turned up. Yeah, you could just take the players. Um, nineteen thirty seven, the Washington, uh, sorry, the Boston Braves moved to Washington. Uh, the Cleveland Rams joined the league. Crikey. And ah, yeah. And then now the L.A. Rams. So how strange is that? That team, all these different teams have bounced about so from these I've got three,
1: te- three franchises in Cleveland then or is it more because I, I was Cleveland Rams?
0: because Cleveland the, Indians have been there as well and which again from then. baseball but this, we're not going to that yet there's been quite a lot and obviously yeah. they've moved Baltimore it's crazy <clears> this league Um, 1939 the first telecast of a football game we're on basically like watching a Charlie Chaplin film with lots of people in <laughs> 1940 the Pittsburgh Pirates went from the Pirates to the Steelers in you know monument of the steel workers that lived around there, and the first showing of the now famous NFL shield were brought in. Yep. Nineteen forty-three, the Cleveland Rams were suspended. Now in nineteen uh, forty-three, World War Two was going on. Yeah. So the, and this is true, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers joined in to make team called the Steagles. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that solids both of their histories. The
1: Steagles. <laughs> Take that, Hitler. It's it's like me. <laughs> you need some tablets for or some cream, doesn't it? it like, has, oh, we're cases Steagles. Ah, ah, Matt's got Steagles. we <laughs> oh, can
0: to get some of that cream on. Make sure he washes it regular. <laughs> Steagles. In 1944, the Chicago Cardinals merged with the Steelers to make a team called Card Pit. Original. Smart. Funny. Witty. It's like they got Cam to do to name some of the teams. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Card Pit. It sounds like a crap casino. Card Pit. It sounds like uh, Cam's funny football team. <laughs> that was, oh, yeah, actually called it. Um the Boston Yanks came in. That's the actual name, of the Boston Yanks. Right. And uh, the Rams returned after their hiatus. And the Brooklyn Tigers were merged in 1945. The Rams then moved from LA to oh i sorry, sorry no, the lambs have moved from Cleveland to l a okay. yeah. all mixed up now we're all here, there and everywhere <laughs> 1950 the 49ers and the browns finally joined, so we finally got the Cleveland got the team back and you know 49ers popped up obviously that we all know why the 49ers are called the 49ers due to the you know actual miners basically is what they are um back in the early stages of America's history. 1951 brought the Baltimore Colts, but this isn't the original Colts you know, that we have now. This yeah. is a team that just came into the league. 1952 brought the Dallas Texans. and It's not the Cowboys, but it's a team called the Dallas Texans. It would have been sense, but it's not. <laughs> they were the uh, last few teams to fold at this time. Um, no more teams folded after the Texans, I don't believe. It was just reintroduction to teams now. So 1953, so the Colts and the Texans above both uh gone gone, gone in the space of a year. Baltimore Colts came in and sustained the franchise. Obviously we all know now they eventually became in- the Indianapolis. Indianapolis Colts after they left in the middle of the night and <coughs> knew where they No the Mayflower. Aye, ah, very upsetting times. Nineteen sixty the Cards moved to St. Louis to become the St. Louis Cardinals, as opposed to the Chicago Cardinals. The Dallas Cowboys were finally born and they were gonna be called the Steers. But um, huh. the owner said it will been called, you know, a, a castrated animal, something that people might mock. So mm. the best not call them that. <laughs> but they felt like castrated animals from like nineteen ninety five onward. <laughs> uh, nineteen sixty also brought about the AFL. So the Houston Oilers who are now the Tennessee Titans. The New York Titans who are now the Jets. New York Jets. The Buffalo Bills, obviously the Buffalo Bills. The Boston Patriots, which is now the New England Patriots. The LA Chargers, so they were originally the, the LA, LA Chargers. Charges, yeah. uh, the Dallas Texans came back, uh, which is now Kansas City. Obviously. Uh, Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. Now, the Broncos were named by a fan, like, a, a fan contest, and quite a few teams did this. The Chargers did it. Oakland did it, but originally with Oakland, they were voted for them to be called the Seniors, because there were a lot of Spanish.
1: The Hispanic, yeah. Hispanic, yeah.
0: But apparently, people kicked off saying that it were rigged, so that they, they decided to change it to Raiders um, because people weren't happy. Nineteen sixty one brought about the greatest franchise to never win a Super Bowl than the sort of Vikings of <laughs> born. The GM named him basically because he thought the Vikings represented the people from that time. They were strong people who would, you know, battle on. So, don't know anything about twenty nineteen Vikings. Clearly, <laughs> not much fight left in him. Yeah. We ended up with the the Chargers moving to San Diego, becoming what we now know as the San Diego Chargers. Obviously, they're very famous for it. Uh, 1963, brought around the New York Titans, going from Titans to the Jets. They were going to be called the Dodgers. They were going to be called the Gothams. <laughs> they are going to be called the Borrows, but that's changed to donkeys so they thought they might call them jackasses yeah. so they didn't want to go with that <laughs> uh, 1963 the te- uh, the Texans became the Kansas City Chiefs the, um, the names that were bandied around for them were the Mules the Royals the Stars but they settled on the Chiefs yeah. they say that it's because um, there were a lot of people from you know who were original Native Americans that lived there but they also said it it could have something to do with the fact that the Kansas City uh, mayor really pushed for the team to come to Kansas City, and in doing so, he um, like in doing so obviously began the team and everyone called that mayor the, the chief. chief, which
1: is clever. <clears throat> I think there were quite there was quite a few um, well, there was a large sort of in Native American population in Kansas like early doors... so. Well, when when it became a British colony, so yeah. yeah, makes a lot of sense. We'll see the word it? Uh,
0: <laughs> we're now approaching the time where I'll be able to expand on a, a few more things. Me and Matt will have a few more riffs talking about Super Bowls and stuff, because we are now creeping up to the points of nineteen sixty six, where the first Super Bowls played. But we also have the introduction of the Atlanta Falcons. The names put forward for the Falcons were the Peaches, because obviously Peaches, Peaches is Georgia, Egypt, peach. yeah. the Vibrance. <laughs> the Lancers, the Confeds, the Firebirds. Yeah. So um, Firebirds have been alright. I think Falcons is probably. <laughs> it does sound like an know. XFL team though, doesn't it? it like does. Firebirds. I think that's
1: just what's coming in. Going back to the you know, you so the original stuff about um, they try to fit themselves with baseball teams and whatnot. Yeah. yeah If you look at it now, like, there's a there's a basketball and a basketball team, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. So it's still and a thing reality. now. Like yeah, and um, the but when they, when the NFL moved to the London Games. Yeah. And they obviously got the the contract at the Tottenham Hotspurs. You can now get Spurs NFL shirts. That's clever. Yeah, so the the it's all about marketing. Even back then, they were they were savvy enough to sort of seems like expensive toilet paper though. it does, doesn't it? They were savvy enough to sort of do that sort of forward-thinking marketing to to get you know in the into the public's conscious consciousness about you know um, making them aware that oh, there's an American football team sort of associated with this club.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what you want because obviously it's going to be you expand your fan base, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, a lot of this has been through business. A lot of this is working through. Obviously, I've oh, fired yeah. through most of this from nineteen twenty. We've gone through like nearly fifty years now. <laughs> it's like um, better future. It is. I feel like um, I forgot his name, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> but yeah, so now we get to the Super Bowl era. So basically, the AFL and the NFL were two separate franchises when they first came in, and then it got to a stage in nineteen sixty six where the NFL had their competition. The AFL, their competition, the two winners of the competitions played against each other, which is similar to what we do now, but obviously we're all in the same league, yeah. whereas before, it the leagues separate were separate, leagues, yeah. and it was a genuine fight to see who was going to have the best, best team. league. And, yeah, well, the best league and yeah. the best team. Now, the the original... Oh, did I mention the Dolphins started in 1966 too? No. They joined the AFL, and they had their first season in 1966, <laughs> which obviously was the first season of the Super Bowl. Pardon me. Now the initial team to win the first Super Bowl was the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, so so the Green Bay Packers win the first Super Bowl against Kansas City Chiefs. Um obviously the the newer league were the AFL, so people expected the Green Bay Packers to go in there and absolutely destroy the Chiefs and they pretty much were a methodical, you know, decent football. Smashed ball because they played a heavy running game back then in the NFL, but the AFL had a bit more of a creative offense. They used to like using the pass a bit more, which is something that really shines through in the league now. But back then, it was a little bit different. But the defensive power of the Packers managed to overcome the Kansas City Chiefs, and the game actually ended thirty-five to ten, which is nowhere near close when you think about it now. No. Nowadays, that's a blowout. A massive blowout. It? I mean, and then we got the follow-up year, nineteen sixty-eight. And a couple of things happened there. Were the Cincinnati Bengals were born, and the the name that they considered for the Bengals were the Buckeyes, because obviously it's Ohio, is not it? Ohio, yeah. But um, they stuck with the Bengals, which is yeah. I suppose it's worked out.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> right, well, it sounds like bungles, so yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So another 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 year of a Super Bowl, and this time around the Green Bay Packers were up against the Oakland Raiders in the Super Bowl, and the Green Bay Packers managed to stomp it out again. Not quite as convincing as the previous one. Only scored 33 this time and actually conceded 14. But again, the one. Now, from what I remember from what I looked into about the early teams of the Packers, I remember the 1966 team that won the, the 1965 NFL Championship. Yep. They'd absolutely dominated. Vince Lombardi rated as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Probably be rated as the second best coach after Bill Belichick. I now, yeah. um, you know, Maybe maybe Chuck Knoll from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we'll get to later on but he basically predicated the game on good defence and strong running game, which most people in nFL NFC North would appreciate nowadays. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been some fantastic players over the years, but in the early days, I feel like Paul Horning was one of the players who were really highly rated. He could do everything out of backfield. He was a full-back. And in the NFL back then, it was something that were just a key position. Like half-back and full-back are very, like, very different things nowadays. But back then, you ran the ball pretty much as much like as much as a running back does now. And that defence just, like I say, just dominated teams. Uh, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers back then as well was Bart Starr. And I believe he was 15-2 with touchdown passes. Um, so 15 touchdown passes to two Inceptions. interceptions, something like that, which is absolutely incredible. He was widely regarded as just being a game manager a lot of the time. But again, back then, that was the kind of thing you needed. Someone yeah. who could be smart, worth the ball. And he won't have had more touchdown passes because basically back then you were running the ball in. You,
1: um, yeah, I mean for me, <clears throat> Bart Starr, you go game manager. And I think just to touch on uh, Lombardi, he was no, he was quite the firebrand. for Lombardi He was uh, short-tempered. He said what he said, what he thought.
0: What they all doing out there? Yeah, Everybody he, grabbing, nobody tackling.
1: Yeah, he was my he favorite things to see. Give evening. people so much ammo, but if he was wrong, Bart Star would let him know you were wrong. He wouldn't like stand up in front of the team and like bitch him out. But I he'd, think he'd politely address. He'd it. He'd just like say, "Coach, plenty. that's not right." That's not right. Yeah, which is what he'd, he'd defend his do. teammates. Which is why I think star gets a lot of adulation from his teammates. Unlike Aaron Rodgers now. Yeah. Um Now he's if if if, yeah, if, if Lombardi t- t- shot it wrong, Starr would correct him and he'd do it in a, in a well mannered, polite way because that was the way he was brought up.
0: I mean, he he could tell he was <coughs> a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. Just a tremendous football player as well. I mean, but he tell anyone. He had a yeah. guard who kept who weren't doing his job properly and he said he kicked him he told them we're gonna kick him in the pants. Yeah. I've said that was the insult back then, but yeah. that's
1: what he'd do if he didn't start it out and he did. One of my favourite guys, because that, that America's game for the sixty six Packers, one of my favourite was Bill Curry, the centre. He was a he was a um, one, rookie yeah. that season, yeah. And uh, he was from the from the deep south. and um, back in the sixty six, um or back in sort of like that sort of area, it was
0: Early 60s, late eight,
1: early 50s, it? Yeah, it wasn't particularly. What should we go with? Politically correct. Yeah. Towards gentlemen of color. Um, and it was he basically basically come from the deep south all up to pretty much as far north as you can get, uh, without getting in the candor. <laughs> and obviously, the, the Packers had quite a few African American players on the team. Black, I'm gonna call them black players because that's what they they yeah, are black players. That's what they got. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And a few, but there quite a few black players on the on on the pitch and uh, on the on the team. And uh, my favorite story from Bill Curry is when he was walking uh, back from uh was meetings to his to his dorm to his room, at training camp. It was, a, it was pitch black outside, and he just heard this voice, Bill, and he genuinely said he thought God was talking to him and it was, uh, it, was it was the uh, Packers defensive tackle, defensive end, sorry, uh, Willie Davis, all pro, uh, Hall of Fame now, defensive end Willie Davis, and he just sat down and chatted to him about stuff and he said it because he, Curry he, didn't feel comfortable in that, because he'd never been in a situation where he'd been as an equal with black players, which you think about it now, it's mad, isn't it, when like everyone integrates now and it's sort of like a, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's it's not a a taboo thing anymore, is it? It's not a, a no. we. It's not a, it's not a strange thing to see, but back then, it was very rare for people that the South of a Dixie line that didn't that that have, have people they would call friends that were. Well, well he said himself, didn't he? He Said yeah. it, he thought that the black players were gonna hear his southern accent, and hurt
0: him, and send him back home. Yeah, that's what he thought was gonna happen
1: and it turned out that um, him and Will Davis gone best of merits and also Will Davis made him a better player by yeah, going just, against some team Pats every day he said, and giving him look clip
0: at notes him. he said when, when Nitschke's in there and he's, sm- he's smashing your face he's breaking your nose he says just look at me and I'll get you through it yeah. and
1: that's what he did that's the true meaning of a leader. that just being able to just put all that aside and help a guy out I mean Massive respect to, to Willie Davis for that. I see Bill Curry
0: still appreciates it now, so it resonates with him, doesn't it? He, he
1: yeah. that then, that he never looked at anyone the same ever again. Yeah, and that's a lesson for us all, I suppose, sometimes you know you, you see differences in big people. And even back then when it was so... He didn't have to go out of his way and do that. No, Willie yeah. Davis, he could have done what Bill Curry thought he was going to do, but he was a bigger man and, 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 and made him a better player and made him a better person at the end of the day. But no, that was a, that was a, a great a great team. As it hurts me as much to say, the Packers were a great team. But, well, but three in a row, back then that yeah. never happened. No, i not since it, it's tremendous. But
0: like I said, the year after, the the previous pre- sorry previously had like um, Paul Arning. They had Jim Taylor, both of these amazing fullbacks and yeah. running backs. Well, Paul Arning were consistently injured, and uh, Jim Taylor ended up going to the Saints because uh, he wanted more money. Constantly, We were always at odds with. You know, with Lombardi shape, yeah. upsetting him and angering him because he wanted what he thought he deserved. The last bill Curry because he had to go to uh, to an expansion franchise. And, yeah, and he ended up at the
1: yeah. Colts. Well, I on yeah. yeah, he went to the Saints first. You're right. Yeah. But he
0: ended up with the Colts, and then after that, um, after those injuries, they ended up picking up um, a guy from Yale, uh, running back from Yale called Chuck Mussine. and you can just see Lombardi just grieved him about being so intellectually. <laughs> Advance, but the guy ended up getting job done. You know, it just showed how good of a coach Lombardi was. Because even though we were missing all these great pieces, he had some rookies in. But it wasn't like having the previous players he had, and they did struggle a little bit. But they managed to get through it all, win that second Super Bowl, and a lot of people think that Lombardi's health was hurt a lot that year just because he had so much pressure on him again. And then we roll on to nineteen sixty the 1968 season, I've oh, already said this, I know about Bengals, so 67 and 66, where the Packers won both Super Bowls, and there's little insights for you, 1968, the Bengals were born, they were going to be called the Buckeyes, as I mentioned earlier, and the team to win the Super Bowl that year, was the New York Jets, and they had to play against the Baltimore Colts, who had Johnny Unitas, and all of him, quarterback playing for them, and they also had Eitower, off of a police academy, and some yeah. defensive players, which I always found hilarious, but, um, Yeah, that year the Colts were record breaking. They had tremendous defence, tremendous offence, and they were just walking through teams. And Broadway Joe just mentioned that he'll win the game, I'll guarantee it. And everyone laughed it off because he was basically just a celebrity. He won a great quarterback even for that time. He'll throw it ball a lot more than people do now. I think he threw for 4,000 yards. Back then, that was really unheard of. But I I honestly don't feel that he was one of the better quarterbacks in history. I just feel like he was one of the more famous ones. And what he. When he predicted that win, it just pushed his fame even more f- like further forward. But the Jets were basically built on the defense. I think it surprised the Colts how well they defended. And obviously, on offense, um, they managed to move ball downfield a little bit, they're a good connection, and they ended up beating the much fancied Colts, which brought massive shame to that franchise because it basically showed that they could compete. And the year after, um, sadly, 1969. The Minnesota Vikings made their way to their first ever Super Bowl to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. And sadly for us, we ended up getting tanned by the Chiefs uh, 23-7. Um, the Chiefs then, though, they had Hank Schram, who was the coach, and he was a really intelligent guy. And he came up with all these different schemes and different players. His coaching techniques were much further in front than they are now. And they had some great players playing for him, they had Len Dawson who were a quarterback who used to sit smoking in a changing room there's pictures on the internet of them doing it Um, and then I remember they had a middle linebacker called William Lernier and he's basically the reason why we've had players like Ray Lewis, Mike Singletree um, you know, Harry Carson, Lawrence Taylor all come into the game and be so amazing because this is the first ever black middle linebacker because this guy is basically seen as someone who's Reading everything about defense, do you know what I mean? He's, he's the brains of the defense. You know this black defender, and he's so well spoken, and he was so good on the pitch. It was just you could just see that the reason why he did so well. It's a shame he did so well, to be fair, but they did, and they won that Super Bowl. uh in nineteen seventy, after it were two and two in the Super Bowls between the two opposing the leagues, the leagues finally merged and became just one NFL. year NF- NFC, AFC conferences being what they are today. um, the That year, the, the Baltimore Colts finally made it back to the Super Bowl and managed to win the world's most boring Super
1: Bowl. Up until last year. me.
0: Up, Up until last year, yeah. Apparently, it was a, obviously I didn't see it again, apparently it was a comedy of errors. There were so many mess-ups. And it basically relied on the kicker winning the game for them. It ended 16-13, which to the time wasn't the lowest of a score because New York Jets only beat the Colts 16-7. But um, the Colts managed to, like I say, beat the Cowboys. But at this point, the Colts had actually become an AFC team to balance out the divisions, um, <clears throat> which ended up meaning that um, the the AFC was now 3-2 <laughs> against the NFL that early on. Uh, the following year, um, the Dallas Cowboys, who were beat by the Colts year before, managed to get their way back to the Super Bowl again, and you know, beat, uh, beat the uh, Miami Dolphins, who had also reached their first Super Bowl. Now, when you think about it, Miami Dolphins had been a franchise for eight years and managed to get to the Super Bowl. Impressive. Pretty sharpies. Yeah. Um, and also in nineteen seventy, when the Patriots became the New England Patriots, not the Boston Patriots. But what I do remember about the Dallas Cowboys versus the Miami Dolphins game was just the fact that the defence were dominant. Bob Lilly, you know, he's, he's, a lot of people rate him as the greatest defensive tackle ever, but because he's played so far back, people don't really appreciate it. But when I watched some film with him on, he literally leapfrogged the player, a defensive tackle, leapfrogged a guard and just destroyed quarterback. Straight over. But you hear him speaker, he just sounds like a really nice, affable Southern gentleman. But
1: on that field, he was a monster. And so across monster. that white line, he turns a different person. A lot, oh yeah. A lot of players, some players are of that unfortunately, but a lot of players are out like that.
0: Oh yeah, uh, the head coach <coughs> for that team was um, you know Tom Landry. That you'll see him on videos. He also had his little famous hat. Yeah, his famous hat on, and his his defense and his offensive coaching at that time was so more advanced than anyone else's. I'm pretty sure he's the one that like made the four three what it is today. And you know the far far yeah. down linemen and free linebackers, backers, and he yeah. just it, it, the game obviously showed how good he was because the one twenty four three he absolutely smashed the Dolphins. But then we hit a section where the AFC really takes hold. They
1: made some in, hair. Believe
0: the phrases. Oh yes, in <laughs> nineteen seventy three, Miami Dolphins were the first and only team to ever go undefeated. They managed to beat Washington Redskins fourteen to seven in the Super Bowl. Now, what really annoyed the coach um, back then, Don Shuler, is the fact that they went 14-0 in the regular season and then they were 14-0 up against Redskins and the kicker bottled it and didn't try and make a tackle at one point to stop a player from running down and scoring a touchdown. <laughs> they were furious. But yeah, they ended up beating the team, the, the Washington Redskins, who were pretty much relied on run constantly, 14-7. to As you can tell, these Super Bowls are not the most exciting of games no the follow up year they managed to be the, like the second team ever to repeat they beat the Vikings sadly um, 24-7 in the Super Bowl now this Miami Dolphins team a lot of people have wrote them off before and all the players pretty much say Don is the reason why they got better he got them training better he got them running better plays and they ended up having the advantage of having players like you know they had Bobby Greasy at quarterback who were a game manager they had the no name defence Manny Fernandez, basically the spirit of it. They had, uh, had so many players on the defence as well. But no All-Famers, other than Nick Bodakante. He? He's the only the only All-Famer out of that defence. Is not on that? Larry Zonka's not on a defence, he's an offensive um, player. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Don't but we're going to get to those, Uncle. but if you want yeah, to elaborate... No, I just, I just remember like, him going...
1: Was he got gator hunting at some point. It was, was a few... Him,
0: him and Manny Fernandez are both... like they, What what he actually says, um, Zonker, he says, Manny Fernandez is the only man who could jump into um, a swamp, filled with alligators, and come out with one tied up in his hands. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that what he used to do for fun. Manny Fernandez he used to... So to wind gators. down, yeah. He said, the old, the, the old ones put one in, uh, in Don Shuler's
1: office, in, uh, in Show in his his office. shower yeah, yeah. In the
0: shower. and it says they had a vote to see if they should tape its mouth shut and the vote only came in by we're one <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and it ran after him but yeah Larry Zonko was just a punishing fullback. I've discussed about how much I like him before so I don't do on him too much but that were a team that were predicated on a good defence again which even now we have teams that go through that look at last season's Patriots they basically went to 1960s football run the ball well complimentary pass and just play good defence yep. and it's always worked and now so we've seen a team do so well there um, and then we got to 1974 um, so the, the 1974 season, the team that won the Super Bowl that year um, is another team that was turned around by the coaching because this team was terrible for many many years It were the Pittsburgh Steelers and they won their first ever Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> and they won the game sixteen to six. But this is a team where we could talk about all day because this team's absolutely ridiculous. All of fame quarterback Terry Bradshaw. Yep. All of Fame wide receiver. Um uh, Lynn Swan. Fun. Um John Starworth's an All of Famer, I believe. <laughs> He's the other receiver. We had uh, Mel Blount who's an All of Famer. Uh we have um Mean Joe Green's an All of Famer. We have the centre, but I can't remember his name. He was an Hall of Famer. Jack Lambert. Jack Lambert's a linebacker. He was an Hall of Famer. Yeah. We have Jack Ham. I'm pretty sure he's a Hall of Famer. Um, we have Franco Harris as a Hall of Famer. Damagech's dad. Yeah, Damagech's dad. So there's this many people who are in the Hall of Fame from this team. Shows you how good they actually were back then.
1: And we're probably missing some people there as well, aren't we? Yeah,
0: definitely are missing some people. But it's like I you say, you've got to look at that team. And see how well they've done.
1: Now his name's gone. Uh, he wants to play with Colts. We uh, who
0: play for Steelers. Yeah. What's his Tony
1: Dungy as a coach.
0: Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Tony Dungy got he got it for his coaching not for his playing. But he came in later on as well. He wasn't yeah. there for the 74-75 team. I think he came later on. Seventy nine. He was cornerback. Yeah. yeah. Seventy eight, ninety. Yeah, seventy eight, seventy nine seasons. They yeah. were played in nineteen eighty, but like the seasons from that year. But yeah, this Pittsburgh City team were absolutely stacked, but again, built on defence and run game, which is what that league actually was back then. But yeah, they beat the Vikings, and then the year after they became the third team ever to repeat, and they beat the Dallas Cowboys, who were very good at that time, beat them 21-17. And then the year after that, uh, the 1976 season began, and the Oakland Raiders, who had been the bridesmaids of the AC for so, so long, finally got to a Super Bowl
1: who did they beat, be, mate?
0: The Minnesota Vikings, thirty-two to fourteen. So this is the first, like this is a real spank in the Vikings, got here. Yeah. In the last ever Super Bowl they ever got to, but this Oakland Raiders team, when managed, to, you know, coached by John Madden, he had some tremendous players playing for him. Who um, happened to him? Yeah, well, I don't know if i was Some <laughs> game named or something. But yeah, absolutely fantastic um, achievement for Raiders to finally get there. They could, they could easily have been in five of the of the previous Super Bowls that were that good back then. And John Madden's coaching were absolutely fantastic. Yep. Um the following year, the nineteen seventy-seven season, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Denver Broncos in their first Super Bowl attempt uh, um attempt, twenty-seven to ten, seemed quite an easy win for him. <clears throat> One thing I didn't notice about this team is the personnel had really turned over from previous victories and the quarterback for the Denver Broncos had previously been the quarterback challenging in Roger Stavak. The Cowboys for the starting job, and he went in and obviously wasn't good enough to beat the Dallas Cowboys, who beat him 27 to 10. Um. Also, in 1976, the league got the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into the league. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were named because that part of the country was raided by pirates who were Buccaneers back at that time. But the Seahawks, they were picking names and they were going to be called either the Pioneers. The shippers, <laughs> the lumberjacks, and the seagulls. Now we all call them seagulls anyway. let's all the honest. Not sea dogs. Exactly, not sea dogs. That <laughs> there were the name options that they had. I can't wait to get to the end of this and just run down all the different names that we've had previously, because they're just hilarious, some of them. But um, yeah, so we finally got them into league. We just had Dallas Cowboys win their. I think that was the second Super Bowl. Yeah, the second Super Bowl. And the two and two in Super Bowls, impressive. And now we get to a team that's, um, two and oh in Super Bowls already, and they beat the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is twice they've done steel uh, the Cowboys in Super Bowls. Cowboys have been to five Super Bowls, and l- lost three and one two. It's much better than going to four and losing we're not. four. Yeah, <laughs> win none. Sorry. Yeah, Steelers beaten. It's a perfect record. It is a perfect record. <laughs> The Steelers beat the Cowboys, 35-31. to 31. Now, you compare that to some of the previous games. That must have been a barn burner of a game. That must yep. have been so exciting. I've never seen highlights of that. And this season, this is where the league actually changed because Mel Blount was such a good cornerback. He was knocking receivers out here, there and everywhere. Teens couldn't throw a ball on Steelers. Yep. So, to change that, they started saying, look, you couldn't touch them after five yards of scrimmage and changed so many different things to make the game easier on the receivers. But this didn't just close it down for the defence, for the Steelers. This made it so much easier for the Steelers to throw the ball. Like I said, two legendary receivers, You know, John Stallworth and Lynn Swan, mm-hmm. a receiver, and yeah. this year, Terry Bradshaw really got to let it fly. And like I said, this Super Bowl were 35-31. I think Lynn Swan were injured in that Super Bowl, and John Stallworth had a tremendous game. That's a guy who was a child was so ill, he was laid in bed, didn't know if he was gonna die, couldn't walk, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And all he concentrated on in his life was he said I'm gonna do something special and that's what he did. And he ended up getting picked up in second round of the, of the same draft that Lynn Swan got picked up. And he went to a, a like a school that most people didn't know anything about and just ended up becoming a tremendous player. Everybody knew Lynn Swan were gonna be good.
1: Yeah.
0: But Star just <clears> shocked a lot of people, I think. The following season, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers going f- a perfect four and in Super Bowls, which is amazing, really. So and they beat the Los Angeles Rams, um, thirty one to nineteen again. Another really high scoring Super Bowl. And it just shows what the league did for itself, just by ramping it up a bit with the, uh, you know, with the um. Making the defensive players work a bit harder, which is what they do now. This is yeah. every year. If you look,
1: defensive So every harder. every sort of like penalty or any any sort of rule change that's happened recently, is all against defensive play.
0: Exactly. It's, it's,
1: it's, and a lot of it's to do with safety, but a lot of it is also to make the the game more exciting. Yeah, more More, exciting, and to more people win. to come watch it, or people more to, to pay to, to watch win, it. Mate. Yeah.
0: And then the the following year to so this, for the second time. Uh, the Oakland Raiders won a Super Bowl following a Steelers Super Bowl win because them two hated each other going through silver and black silver and black and gold, gold yeah. banging head to head for a very long time and yeah they beat the Philadelphia Eagles who got to their first ever Super Bowl and it was basically the beer bowl the Raiders were the bad boys of football they liked doing going out and having a beer and the Eagles were famously very strict their coach uh, Dick Vermeil, very strict coach obviously a very good coach as well he said you're not going out after this time you've got to stay there you've got to you know, behave yourself and the Raiders went in there feeling like they had to play for the rest of the league so people wouldn't be marshaled consistently Yeah. so they could go out and have a beer because otherwise they'd be pretty annoyed yeah so the Raiders save every fu- beer drinking football player's um, social Liberty. Life. yeah liberty <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the following year we're introduced to the most exciting offence offensive team ever the san francisco 49ers um, built on bill walsh's you know west coast offense it's absolutely precision absolute precision and great football and it's all about moving ball outfield but also hard hitting defense The defense don't really get as much credit as it should yeah back in those days no one expected the 49ers to do anything no one knew that much about bill walsh other than though he were defensive minded and he ended up playing against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl and the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals was Paul Brown who had actually vetoed for Bill Walsh to be promoted to be the head coach of the Bengals previously because he didn't think he could take it so when he got to play his old coach in the Super Bowl it meant the world to him they actually managed to beat him 26-21 leaving the Bengals 0-1 in the Super Bowls which well they're 0-2 now yeah Following year, the Washington Redskins, in a strike-shortened season, managed to beat the Miami Dolphins, um, and we also had the Colts and the Raiders move. The Raiders moved to L.A. and the Colts moved to Bal- uh, from Baltimore to Indianapolis, where they still reside now.
1: It's mad though. That was like what, nearly thirty years ago, yeah, yeah. Well, twenty-five years ago now, and people Baltimore still at the Colt, Indianapolis Colts. Because of what they took away from them, even though they got the, even they got the, the, the team again. They won two Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, but even though they've got, I mean, yeah, they've won two Super Bowls, but in the, the, the Ravens have won two Super Bowls as well. But even though they've got that team that's had that success, they still hit the Colts.
0: I think that a lot of it's because they left without saying
1: anything. They left like in midland. Yeah. they just went. The Chargers almost did the same, didn't they? Well, yeah. they, they did the yeah. same. They let them know
0: they were going, though, at least. Yeah. They were made very clear that they weren't going to be hanging around if they didn't get a new stadium, if they did get a new stadium, so you can blame that on the City. The, that city
1: that was much yeah. anything else. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Washington Redskins beat the Dolphins, who have got two and two in Super Bowls. Um, the quarterback with Joe Theismann, who is just TV personality. He's he's a clear 80s TV personality. I think he still talks on some games now. He's
1: just... How do you pronounce yeah. that name? I thought, I thought it was Theismann. Oh, God, I'm not <laughs> going through
0: this. But, yeah, and then 1983, the LA Raiders managed to beat the Washington Redskins in the Super Bowl, 38-9. That's a slamming that. And when you consider that the Redskins that season had actually had the best offensive season of any team ever and they thought they were going to walk against the Raiders because the Raiders weren't expected to do anything. The two, the two seasons where they won Super Bowls in 18 and in, uh, 83, they had Jim Plunkett who had to come in in both seasons after someone got injured and play at quarterback when he had been rejected by every other club. He's still the only two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who was not in the All-Fame
1: it's mad then. Bob Greasy is. Yeah, Bob Greasy is. <coughs> it's, it's an he, embarrassment. We want, like an amazing, yeah, Bob Greasy has a lot of wins as well. It's like, Game manager, like you said though. A
0: plunky won the game manager. No, but, 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 but Bob Greasy was.
1: Plunky came in and he, and he gave him the impetus yeah. to win.
0: But, um, like I say, um, they just destroyed him. Marcus Allen, you know, absolute world, worldy of a running back. He ended yep. up doing, doing his part to help him batter him. But, yeah, Flores, two-time head coach who won a Super Bowl and never got into the Fame. It's absolutely stupid. 1984, the Chicago Bears... Um, Chicago Bears, sorry, the San Francisco 49ers. Getting excited. It's get their second Super Bowl... I am. Getting it <laughs> get close. It's get their second Super Bowl and playing against Miami Dolphins who were headed by Dan Marino. Now, this was the Super Bowl between Dan Marino and and Tony Montana. And Joe Montana. <laughs> and everyone expected Marino's Dolphins to win it, even though it were only his second season because he was slinging that ball about. Mm-hmm. It took teams so long to get to a stage where they could even challenge how many points he were putting on board. This was supposed to be this expe- ex- explosive offence going against other explosive offence and no one knew what was going to happen. And what happened was the 49ers were coached so well defensively and played so well offensively they absolutely walked the game and they beat him 38-16 which is amazing.
1: Absolutely because Considering what Marino had done that season. Yeah. To just to shut him down. It was mad. And everyone thought it was going to be a high scoring affair and it was going to be bombs away from both sides. And, yeah, I thought, thought we were going to miss something like 30 to 33 or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Bill Walsh just 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 shushed him. He did. But yeah. he's probably one of the
0: greatest offensive He's the greatest offensive coach of all time. Isn't he? Most offenses now are built on what he introduced. Yeah, so following year, nineteen eighty-five, um we are blessed with the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Their defence, absolutely That this defence if I had to go top five defences that I know about of all time, through you know, through reputation, you've got to put Steelers on there. Yep. From and obviously all the famous. But I'd probably put them fifth. First would probably be two thousand Ravens.
1: Yeah. Maria Lewis and that second, all
0: second it'd be the 85 Bears actually I'd probably put the Steel Curtain fourth and move them up and the current Bears I could happily put fifth yeah because yeah they're just scary at the minute That'll no the I don't
1: disagree with you after watching that and
0: sh- shortly after that you could probably put the f- 2015 Broncos be some good defence yep they? But yeah, anyway, this team were built on defence for so the run game again. So we're getting back to good old days of football. Yeah. And they managed to beat the New England Patriots who made it to their first Super Bowl as well. 46-10. So not really a close game, was it? An absolute spanking. And then we get the following year, 1986 season. It's the New York Giants winning the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos who were led by um some guy called John Elway. I don't know if you've heard of him. Denver uh, Broncos to and two and Phil Simms played pretty much a perfect game as quarterback, probably his best game ever up until that point, and they managed to spank the the Denver Broncos thirty nine to twenty. I don't it sound like that much of a spanking, but from what you're seeing here about the game, they absolutely killed them. Had Lawrence Taylor playing at linebacker as well. It was probably top three player of all time. Absolutely, this wrecking
1: shop. Tremend game to have seen. Can't argue with that. LT was a was different. grade. He was a he was sort of the uh, generational linebacker oh I mean you look at Von Miller and Khalil Mack <coughs> these two aren't anywhere near as good as you know no, no, no. and, and these two are all of fame players as so. well yeah but look, the LT was the they brought them all when they made LT they oh definitely uh, Nineteen eighty-eight
0: <coughs> rolls round uh, the Cards moved to Arizona spend a little bit of time called the uh, Phoenix Cardinals and they're become the Arizona Cardinals and we get the San Francisco 49 uh, sorry, not the San Francisco Forty Nineers, the Washington Redskins. This is eighty seven season. Sorry, they beat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. The Denver Broncos got to the third, obviously led by John Elway again. again. yeah. And the first ever black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, Doug Williams. Doug Williams. And they won it forty two to ten. I'm not going to go into Doug Williams too much. They no, won so, it handily,
1: though, didn't they? Yeah,
0: forty two to ten, and they were losing early on. <coughs> and I think that offensive line back then is just world class. The greatest Hops. offensive line ever. Yeah, they just absolutely just mauled Denver and some of all the holes that running back were into were just crazy. But these are Riggins, wasn't it? No. That were the eighty two team Judy's or Riggins. Right. This guy was a rookie, and they just had a good game and most players had they never even heard out from after that game. 49 <laughs> uh, forty win the next Super Bowl to beat the Bengals again, twenty sixteen. to sixteen. This was head head coach against his former protege. Um Again, it's just Forty Niners doing Forty Niners things. They want a massive win over twenty sixteen, but it would have win. And then the Broncos get to their next Super Bowl in the nine eighty nine Super Bowl <laughs> playing against the San Francisco 49 Niners again. And we'll just leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> Not a fun day for uh
1: told John. No, it was a it was a it was a good day for the old uh, for Joe Montana though.
0: It wasn't bad, was it? Not a bad day at all. And the next section, um is a bit of a sad time. It was basically the NFC East winning four Super Bowls and the Buffalo Bills losing four Super Bowls. Yeah. An awful time, especially for Bills fans. The second team to ever lose four Super Bowls... Oh, no, the third team ever to lose four Super Bowls after the Broncos. But the <laughs> first team to lose three in a row. Yeah. That's bad. But at least you got to four. Yeah. You got beaten by the Giants, Redskins, and the Dallas Cowboys twice. And they took a pasting in a couple of these. But... What are you going to do? Cowboys went, like I say, went 2 0 in then Super Bowls. 1995, the San Francisco 49ers win the, finally win the fifth Super Bowl by beating the San Diego Chargers, who were at their
1: first. That was Steve Young, wasn't he? Getting the old Joe Montana monk off his back.
0: Yeah, finally getting his uh, Super Bowl. And then in 1995, the Cowboys got there for the third time in four year First team to do that and beat the Steelers. Well, obviously, it was the Steelers, but they went. Two year without one yeah. um, the Cowboys beat the Steelers Steelers losing their first ever Super Bowl to a 4-1 at Super Bowls Cowboys are now 5-3 and three. following year we get Green Bay Packers who go 3-0 oh in Super Bowl by beating the Patriots at their second Super Bowl now the Packers had Brett Favre back then they were just a power out and so everybody really expected them to you know, walk through a lot of teams 1995 brought the Rams to St. Louis the Jags are born and the Panthers are born the Jags are through a, a fan contest so what were it like when you got
1: your new teams? <laughs> it was, it was it was strange because you know I was expecting them to come from a different you know the, the the change of franchise or whatever, but they did it to sort of balance the um, the league out a little bit because it obviously there was there was three teams there was I think it was one the one division had five teams in it. Ah, oh, definitely the trip Buccaneers. Isn't we it? we were uh, NFC Central I believe at the yeah, time no. that's when it moved to uh, it was Central East and West and then they moved to North South East and West. So, They expanded enough to get other so, teams in. Well, all the 29 teams when before them two were coming? I think it was 30 teams. No, because it's 32 it now, not it? came in 2002, Yeah, so it, it was, took it up to 30 teams, I think, because it was Texans and Titans came in. Texans, oh, yeah, well, so <laughs> That took it to 30, that took, that took it to 30 Titans teams. Titans and Oilers. Yeah, but there, were, there was no team for a little while. Sure. I think so, yeah. There was 30 teams for a while, and the, the Titans and the... um. Texans came
0: in. I'm not sure on that, mate, to be honest with you. I'm sure sure the Texans still around until at least 93. Oilers, I'm sure they stopped for a little while. I just remember being called the Houston Oilers for a long time. 1996 still called Houston Oilers until. I'm not saying you're wrong, mate.
1: Mm. I mean, I could be, I haven't, but I've had. Many. Houston Oilers from nineteen
0: sixty 1960 to nineteen sixty six, Tennessee Titans from nineteen ninety seven to nine, Tennessee from ninety seven to ninety eight, Tennessee Titans from 1999 to present. So they have all oh, okay. Team.
1: So there must have been a weird about. Yeah, I think there was definitely there was definitely. Um, one division that had five teams in it, and they. Well,
0: I said a weird five teams in it Yeah, exactly. so, so each, each conference
1: right. had a team that had five divisions in it, and they, they added the extra teams so they could send into four fours. I think. I can't remember. We've got For Ravens sure. as well, remember? Yeah. And, and Browns, so that's
0: two, that's a team extra there. So that is your two, your Browns and your Ravens. So you've got your Ravens extra, and you've got your Houston Texans extra, so that's a 30. So you're out right.
1: Yeah, okay, how are you? Either way,
0: <laughs> it works. It's all added up, it's fine. The maths is fine.
1: We've got the maths out, it's fine. We've done
0: it.
1: we are there. Uh, I, one out. Uh, I think we were the Packers being the Pirates, were we not? And then we'd got we oh, yeah, to... Panthers and Jaguars coming in.
0: Apparently, yeah. the uh, helmet for the Jags had a, a thing that looked like the actual car Jaguars emblem on it, and they had to change it or they were going to get sued. Poor. The year after the Browns died and the Ravens were born, Baltimore Ravens, they weren't allowed to be called the Baltimore Browns, which actually sounds alright, Um, but the Browns fans were livid to rip the stadium to pieces the team had been a team that looked like it was going to be great it was coached by Bill Belichick <laughs> you know you look at that team a lot of stuff has been born from the you know from the corpse of the Browns back then Yeah. There's created so many massive things in sports now the Ravens could have been called the Marauders the Americans but obviously they went with Ravens due to Edgar Allan Dampo, Poe yeah. and his crap fucking forward. <sighs> 97 the oh. Oilers moved to Tennessee become Tennessee Oilers they could have been called the to- Tornadoes the Copperheads the South Stars and the Wranglers but they were named obviously the Titans which is a fun thing I guess <laughs>
1: it's an ironic game the Titans are supposed to be gods aren't they yeah, <laughs> well, the exactly. time they got to a Super Bowl and so, uh, not mm, all that bad lost well yeah inch away from winning it aye what but they well, an not a mile account yeah
0: next up we have the Broncos beating the Green Bay Packers much favoured Green Bay Packers lol take that right far yeah. and the year after the Broncos should have been playing the Vikings and getting beat by them but they didn't they beat the Falcons in the 4. we got the greatest show on turf in 99 that um, was an amazing team though. Yeah, yeah well can you just elaborate on it because obviously I didn't get into sport for another few years I
1: think so, <clears throat> it was Dick Vermeule again who we went back to when the, yeah, the, the, Eagles, the Eagles lost their, their first Super twenty. Yeah, and he he came and he just sort of he's into Millard like he left the league completely because he had massive sort of health problems, and he um, he came back into the league and he his wife's like you've got unfinished business, go back into a team and and just just try your best in his first couple of seasons, I think he came in sort of ninety seven. He took over as the head coach there, and I think by the time they got to the Super Bowl in two well in the ninety nine season two thousand season, I think there's only like two guys left on the team. From when he took over, and I'm just trying to get the team up now because there was there was Trent Green what injured quarterback and then getting Kit Warner and the the rest as I say is history. Traded for Marshall Falk as well.
0: Yeah. so They did a couple of big trades to boost the offense.
1: And the, a defensive lineman, uh, Demarco Farr that's DeMarco the guy. Demarco Farr big guy. Yeah. Still learning
0: kickboxing. Yeah, he was the
1: only. He was the one of the guys that that made it from the, from yeah. when, from dip from dip from. Yeah.
0: Dick Vermeil actually said at one point watching the game saying that um one player would get the NFL and that the DeBarco Fow won't be enough. <laughs> Nobody
1: had to play in the Super Bowl team. No, I think one of my favourite quotes from Dick Vermeil was was that season he he they the the run them hard in, 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 in pre season and he said to every single player any anyone moaned or anyone take any, any sort of like we were, were blowing and say, Look guys, we're winning it to win it this season you do ease into a street fight. Yeah. You go in you go in charging and screaming and kicking yeah. and you you go into you're going to win, you don't go into sort of see how you'll do. And I think the of the best of my my best remember memory of him was when he, were, he was trying to sort of like get himself more flexible to to help fit into the scheme and keep his business on the roster and, and please Vermeil He took up like say kickboxing and asked him how it had made him you know how how he felt about how it made him a better player. So he we said, well coach, gives a whole lot of confidence. What do you mean he gives you just hold a lot of confidence? If you know you can kick a guy in the mouth, you just hold a whole <laughs> lot of confidence. I loved that. That was an amazing team to watch. It really so was.
0: They had Isaac Bruce, didn't they? They had Torrey. What's Torrey
1: Holt there? Uh, uh, he, it
0: was Torrey Holt. Isaac
1: brought Torrey Holt. They had um, Kevin
0: Carter. Like you say, you had um, Marshall Falk. Greatest, uh, greatest, Orlando um, Pace. Um, Orlando, Sparks, Orlando Pace. All a
1: favour. Should be a little Fletcher, team. Who was still playing sort of like, hey, until sort of yeah. like 2010, so he had a really long That's season.
0: Great great players in that team yeah. and then the year after we get the greatest defence of all time at Baltimore Ravens now this team's offence was awful I had Trent Dilfer at quarterback and Trent Dilfer he, yeah Trent Dilfer and it's like he ended up being quarterback because the previous quarterback got injured not injured no he was terrible yeah it was and it then, Tony Banks yeah Tony Banks at quarterback yeah. and he were awful so they got Trent Dilfer in a quarterback and basically he says that he just did simplistic things Tried to get a ball to Shannon Shaw. Tried to open. get a ball to Stokely. Yeah. Clackney work, they'd run ball with Jamal Lewis. And that's just what they did. And, and it was hell of a the defence was so good. And they absolutely smashed Giants 34-7 in the Super Bowl. Giants the first time a Super Bowl loss. And then year after, something horrible
1: happened to the sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for a brief moment, Bill Belichick was the uh, head coach of the Jets, was he not? Yeah, and then Jack and Bauer like Texans were. Well. <laughs> All oh, right. I'm going to give it yeah no he was did he did the I can't did the uh, Patriots cough up a first round pick for him
0: I what yeah what they happened. had to give some up they, yeah, they the, to, the obviously of the yeah 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 and then
1: it some stuff. the rest as I say is 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 history yeah. the first
0: ever Super Bowl win for Tom Brady and the Patriots with Bill Dolichek they beat the... Uh, and that was another injured quarterback, wasn't it? Lewis, yeah, Drew so got
1: injured. Yeah, and
0: then... punctured his lung, but he didn't get back at team because of how well Tom Brady were playing. And then we have the Buccaneers beat the Oakland Raiders in the next Super Bowl. The Yachts. John was... St- Brought in by Tampa Bay that season to help them win a Super Bowl after Tony Dungy had built the team up to be a defensive powerhouse. Yep, he came and in. And he went in and he won it first time round and he beat his previous team 48 really 21. So he basically coached two teams to play during the Super Bowl. And then, year after, we were at Patriots beat the Panthers, Patriots beat the Eagles. Basically, yeah, I'm not going to run through every team now. I've gone through all the history of it for you. A lot of over uh, have seen who's won the recent Super Bowls. We all know Patriots have dom- have just dominated. That's what the la- the last you know twenty years has been. New England Patriots winning six Super Bowls, and then you speckled in with a couple of Giants wins, a couple of Steelers wins, and then uh, uh, Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks, Philadelphia Eagles. You know these teams popping up with one in win here or there. Yeah. But it's basically just been Patriots dominance ever since then. Yeah. But I hope you enjoyed your little trip through. Our little uh, history. And now, for the final part of this little show, I'm just going to run through quite a lot of the names that were... We, that we could have had.
1: That we, we, could, we could have had. That gone to the wind. I'd like you, Matt, to rate these out of ten. Ten being amazing, one being dogger? Yes. I so originally this we had the Akron Pros. Uh, uh, seven. Three. A 73? No, just because a 3. Just a 3. It sounds awful. Buffalo All Americans. Uh, again, a 3. Canton Bulldogs. No, I like that, yes. Yeah, it's a, yeah, a decent. Good, it's, it's heavy 8, that. I like that. Chicago Cardinals. Uh, it was a t- five, 5. Chicago <laughs> Tigers.
0: 3. Probably don't eat that Cardinal. <laughs> Cleveland Tigers.
1: That's just copying,
0: so you get 2. Right, we're getting into the elites now. The Columbus Panhandlers.
1: That sounds disgusting. Nine. Dayton Triangles. Again, nine.
0: <laughs> the uh, Decatur Staleys. Uh, six. The Detroit Heralds. That's a six. Is that off Harry Potter? <laughs> um, the Hammond Pros. The Hammond Pros. Hammond, Hammond. Hammond Pros, yeah. Four. Monty Flyers. <laughs> where Muncie is. Uh, as a three oh, that's no sorry, that's to a the a elites
1: list. again the Rochester Jeffersons. Ooh, <laughs> is that Rochester, New York, per chance No, yeah, I like right, that. Yeah. That's um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good seven like that. <laughs> the
0: Rock Island Independents like that. The Cincinnati Celts one. Evansville Crimson Giants one. <laughs> Green Bay Packers none none zero Minus the Louisville Brex. But they were also called the Louisville Colonels. I like the Colonels. That's a, that's a seven. Minneapolis Marines, also called the Red Jackets. Hey, I like that. <laughs> Stupid Vikings. <isn't> <laughs> New York Brickly Giants. <laughs> yeah, that's a six just because it's got brick in it. And this is the MVP, the Tonawanda Cardex.
1: Wow, that sounds like someone's dropped a bag of Scrabble Tiles. <laughs> What are you giving it, mate? Uh, it's 10, I love it. <laughs> Played only one game. Because <laughs>
0: no one had enough fucking letters to put up on scoreboard. No, fuck that. We couldn't up, say you. it, you've got
1: to change your name, so it was simple.
0: <laughs> Washington Senators. So, then, the,
1: the hockey that's, team that that's called, that's called that, you The hockey Capitals, yeah, they called yeah, No, there the, was the a team called Senators. Ottawa Senators, probably. wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, that's alright. That's a good. So I'll give that a 6. The, the Milwaukee Badgers. That's the the. Um, college team now is the badges out there I no clue yeah no, the, the
0: Toledo Maroons oh no what did you give the badges?
1: I've given the badges a three because we're walking um, it's, it's Wisconsin badges, sorry uh, Toledo Maroons Maroons I like it's a nice colour I'll get a six
0: <laughs> Oorang Indians I do what nobody because they've got a phone Oorang Indians
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an eight I love it
0: the Racine Legion that sounds like something you'd put in your hair. That sounds like a baddie of Superman. Se- seven. Tornadoes were other names as well that they had. Obviously Cleveland Indians. Yeah. I, I think it could because it was clever. Six. The Duluth Kellys or Eskimos. a Minnesota. I think it would
1: have been Eskimos. Yeah, that's what the main name was. Oh, well, yeah, that's a nine. I like that. <laughs> St. Louis All-Stars. It was a two because a lie. <laughs> this is another
0: baller name. The Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, yeah. wasps in it. Yeah, seven. Take that sting right. that, seven.
1: Seven and <laughs> half, that. <laughs> The Kenosha Maroons. That's not fucking real. That's
0: that sounds excellent. like a
1: dessert. Three. <laughs> Kansas City Blues. I think that says can't read your fucking writing. <laughs> Four, because you can't read it.
0: Uh, <laughs> the Pots, the Potsville uh, Maroons.
1: Again, oh, it sounds like dessert. Four. Providence Steamrollers. I like that. It's got steamer in it, so we'll go with it. eight. <laughs> the Hartford Blues. It sounds like something like Hartlepool, too much, so it's a three. Brooklyn Lions. Yeah, they're copied, so three. I didn't
0: know if they were around before. I'd probably go up depth. <laughs> Who um, The Boston Yanks. Um, yeah,
1: Boston's a three. The Detroit Wolverines, which Wolverine. is the Michigan Wolverines now out there. So, uh, I like the Wolverines, so that's nine. And the Buffalo Bisons. Again, I think like, they've missed a trick there somewhere, but I'll give them, give them a seven for that. And let's not forget the Portsmouth Spartans. Ten. What happened to them, eh? Imagine how, if all these teams had still been knocking about. We'd have had like a, like a, right, seven, like a 6 pack ten- yeah with a fucking ridiculous so it'd, be like, it'd, be like, it'd be like basketball I right? oh, would have to make Batesball. it like a Premier League Championship League One.
0: Yeah. right unfortunately now we've got a, a dead heat for a final for a winner alright so it's the parts of Spartans with 10 Yeah. versus the Tanawanda
1: Cardex oh Tanawanda Cardex yeah fucking <laughs> the Scrabbles just just for the, the bris and the name they pick they definitely win it
0: <laughs> right well I hope you all enjoyed that that little brief edge stream time and if when you send your questions or your comments in on, uh, if you could comment on us, on us iTunes while putting us a re- review on, that'd be great and we can use that in the next show. Or send us an email and Matt will give you the details now.
1: That's uh, Eddie and Matt OKTC at com, And on Twitter, which is the same handle, at Eddie and Matt OKTC.
0: So um, yeah, just give us a shout, let us know which one of the names you think should have stuck around and. Thank you all for listening. I've got a bit of a horse throat now and I'm going to have to have something to drink.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Uh, I'm glad you all wished Matt well. He seems to be feeling a little bit
1: better. Yep, 100% had a good weekend away with uh, Matt, our, exec, our executive producer. <laughs> right, so... Yep. Um, uh, yeah, thanks all for listening. Like Eddie said, uh, if you like what you've heard, review, subscribe and tell your friends. If not, this has been the Robert Craft Guide to, today, to Day Spa's and oh, also uh, go fuck yourself <laughs> we'll be back later in the week uh, we're going to do like we did last week with our prediction show we'll record them separate and we'll put it into another little podcast for you uh, so we'll catch you then